0: The last thing he wanted was for Lucius to prove Aquila's innocence. With Rufus's death, Lucius was now sure that Ravilla was behind the accusations against his father. He was determined to expose his uncle's role in the affair and prove his father's innocence. He just wished he knew where his father was, so that he could make contact with him. To help him in his quest, Lucius knew he could rely on the friendship and support of Isidora. In her previous job as a slave in Ravilla's household, Isidora had suffered more than her share of Ravilla's brutality. He had tortured and killed her parents. Since meeting Lucius, she had helped show him exactly what sort of a man his uncle was. But before Lucius could continue with his search for the truth, there came an unwelcome announcement. The Ludus Romanus had been given the honour of representing Rome at a festival of games in the city of Pompeii, a whole week's march to the south, and Lucius and Quinn would be among those going. But Lucius was to learn much more in Pompeii than he had ever expected. On his first day there, he was recruited to work for the local worthy who was sponsoring the games, Marcus Némonius Valens. At first, Valens seemed very friendly. But Lucius soon discovered that, like Ravilla, he had another side to him. At the same time, he learned something truly shocking about Ravilla. One evening, at a party at Valens's house, he overheard a private conversation between the two men, in which Valens accused Ravilla of being the spectre. To Lucius's amazement, Ravilla admitted that he was... Lucius knew that his uncle was a corrupt and deceitful man, but it had never occurred to him that he might actually be the spectre himself. This made his accusations against Aquila even more monstrous. He must have accused Aquila of being the spectre both to destroy his brother and at the same time cover up his own guilt. Valens was blackmailing Ravilla, threatening to expose his secrets unless Ravilla paid him. Lucius soon found out that Valens knew everyone's secrets in Pompeii and this was how he made his money. Lucius told all this to Quinn, but his brother refused to believe that Ravilla was the spectre, believing instead that Valens was a villainous liar. He resolved to expose him before the crowds at the arena that afternoon, but Quinn was overheard by one of Valens' spies and, after winning his gladiatorial bout, he was stabbed by the man he had bested another Valens spy, before he could say anything incriminating. Later, as Quinn was being treated by the surgeon, one of Valens' thugs poisoned him. Meanwhile, a young seer named Attia was warning that the gods were about to destroy Pompeii. Her warnings, combined with a series of terrifying earthquakes, were enough to convince Ravilla to order the gladiators' early departure from Pompeii. But, before they could leave, Mount Vesuvius erupted and they were forced to take shelter in their barracks from the rain of volcanic stones. The bombardment caused a wall to collapse and Quinn, already wounded and sick from poison, was entombed under the stones. Miraculously, when they dug him out, Quinn seemed to have recovered much of his health. Perhaps the absorbent volcanic stones had somehow helped purge the poison from his system. Lucius, Quinn, Ravilla and the rest of the gladiator's familiar managed to escape from Pompeii just before the city was engulfed in a fiery surge from Vesuvius. Valens, however, perished along with all his dark secrets. Ravilla, so it appeared, was safe once more, and the proof that Lucius sought in order to clear his father's name seemed as far away as ever. Prologue REBEL ELEPHANT, Rome, 1st of March, A.D. 80 Lucius had spent the entire morning trying to coax an elephant to kneel before a statue of the Emperor Titus. He was having no luck. He raised his ancus, a training stick as long as a man's arm, and slid it down the back of the great beast's foreleg. But the elephant remained stubbornly upright. She had knelt happily just a few minutes earlier and had received a bucketful of tasty roots for her pains. But, for some reason, when faced with the square-jawed features of the most powerful man in the known world, she always opted to stand.